Hi, I'm Madison McHill Bush. I'm the founder and CEO of Point, and you're listening to The Slapcast. Welcome to The Slapcast. This is Shannon Lee. This is episode 19, and I just need you to do something for me right now. If you're listening to The Slapcast, I want you to like and subscribe anywhere you can get podcasts. Follow us on socials at, at Relay Leadership. We're on all the main ones, you know, like Instagram, Facebook, you get it. We post useful leadership stuff there, like links, uh, white papers, all kinds of stuff that you can learn about leadership for free. But we also let you know about our upcoming events. And we also give out some special discounts for those events that are not available anywhere else. So make sure you check us out on all of the social media platforms. Also, you can contact me at slapcast at relayleadership.org. I'd love to hear your ideas for the show, um, any uh, criticisms. I uh, I just lost it because Mia's distracting me. My dog is snoring so loud and um, I think she's just jealous. She wants to be a guest on the show and it's just not possible because she struggles with the English language. So she actually has been a guest on every show, just not everyone has recognized it because Jonathan does a really good job of muting her when she snores. But it's either this or she's out there barking. So this is what we choose. Okay. So we just had our second of two annual events. It's called Impact Columbus. And if you missed it, because maybe you didn't know about it or you're new or both, what you need to do is get on our email list. And that way you'll know about all of these things well in advance. Just go to relayleadership.org, click on join email list in the top navigation. This way you'll know about the next ARGE event, which is called Leadership Forum. Now it's not all the way in till May, but we have plenty of opportunities for you to engage with our organization. If you're here local in Columbus, you can engage with us on some local events here and you can find out all about that if you go to our website and join our email list. Now on today's episode, we have a really cool guest. Her name is Madison McHale Bush. She's the founder and CEO of an organization called Point. Point is an app that matches volunteers and charities and makes it super simple to do this. It's easy for the volunteer to find a cause that they're interested in and all the organizations that fall into the category of that cause, find out what their needs are and with the click of a button, volunteer. It makes it super simple for charities, for nonprofit organizations because they can manage their volunteers through this app post volunteer opportunities and get all kinds of exposure to people who maybe never even heard of them. So if you're interested in, let's say, uh, clean water, you may not realize all of the clean water organizations that are headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. Maybe you only know about one, maybe you don't know about any, but you'll find out all of them that are on the Point app and you can find out how you can get involved. So you're going to learn more about that on the Slapcast today. And I'm really excited for you to meet Madison. So let's get started. Madison, I'm so excited to have you on the Slapcast here in my luxurious home studio. It's very fancy. It's very fancy. It's very fancy. There's um, a copy machine behind you and that is really obnoxious because it doesn't fit in my actual office. It is the largest home copy machine <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> 
it's a little ridiculous. Like it does all kinds of stuff that I don't need it to do, but I'm in a lease I can't get out of. So, um, at any rate, um, I am glad that you're here and, um, you know, we, this, this podcast is in its infancy, um, in many ways, what we're doing as an organization is in its infancy. I was first introduced to what you're doing with Point um, at the Sea Change event. You were there? I was there because a friend of mine was a, had a pitch that night. Okay. And I'd kind of heard a little bit about you guys. Good. But I saw you for the first time there and downloaded the app that night. I love it. Because of that. We so, asked everyone to download it. And I, know. I just hope that somebody actually pulls out their phone. I was an obedient obedient audience member. (laughs) So I want some points for that. The achiever in me wants the gold star. Um, But uh, (laughs) back to the the infancy of the organization. So I work both out of a co-hatch office and my home office. And we are currently working off of an also unfancy card table and uh, folding chairs here. Um, it's very startup. This 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 card table is actually kept in this closet right over here. So I, I just want to kind of paint the picture for everyone of how fancy this environment is for all of our audience. But I want to know a little bit about you and startup and whether it's fancy, not fancy. That's not actually what we're talking about here. But I love hearing about startup stories because... Um, even though our organization is 30 years old, we basically reinvented it about four and a half years ago. And so we've been in startup mode. So I'm really enamored and interested in other people who have started something from scratch. And then your story and the point story interests me even more because of, I'm not, I'm not going to give it away, um, because of the focus of your of your startup and your vision. And so I'd like to kind of kick it off there and for you to tell us about Point, a little bit about your story and what brought you to want to do this. Like what was your why for creating Point and and make sure you tell us what Point is. Okay. So Point is an app that makes volunteering as easy as getting an Uber or booking an Airbnb. Basically, I thought it was crazy that I could order ramen from my bed or book a room in Spain, which I did also from my bed, but (laughs) if I wanted to do something good, I couldn't. And it bothered me that I couldn't just whip out my phone. Um, and I had to do a Google search or coordinate with a really sweet 85 year old woman from like a food pantry for five days and play phone tag. I couldn't just book something good to do for my phone. And it bothered me so much that we started point and the name of point comes from people saying, I want to do something good. I just don't know where to start. And point is the starting point. I get it. I love it. I love it. So when you started point, um, I I understand why you wanted, it was like the ease of being able to connect to doing something good. Um, Beyond that, what is so important to you about volunteerism? Like, why did you want to be able to do good? You know, I always tell people that some people are just born like a goody two shoes. Goody two, goody two, goody goody two shoes. Wait, you might be too young. I, I know think that song. I'm, yeah. I, I don't know that song. I don't know that song. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. It's by Adam Ant. Uh, boo. <laughs> I cannot believe you don't know the song Goody Two Shoes. Goody two, goody two, goody goody two shoes. The third time, I'll probably. <laughs> 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 be... Just That'll keep be... going. 
Madison, we're on a downhill trend here. I'm sorry. So, yes. Okay. I Some was, people are born goody two shoes. Yes. I mean, if they don't know about the amazing 80s song. Okay. Continue. I'm sorry. Which was before my time. Um, <laughs> yes. I was just born in this <laughs> innate sense that I just loved to do good, I think. Um, you know, I was teased about it. Like, oh, you know always have to be something good. Like, why do you have to be that way? And I just started to own that I was that girl. I tell people I volunteered my way to college. <laughs> I, I really did. I, I had so many hours, thousands of volunteer hours that I think capital just let me in for free. <laughs> They're just like, great, come on in. Um, Maybe if we send her some classes, she'll quit bugging us about volunteering. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so... I think I just always loved to be able to do something. And when it became harder, when I went off to school and when I became a professional adult, those avenues in which I always did something good or I was able to create something good to do, whether it was in high school or church or anything like that, they didn't exist anymore. And I was looking around my peers and they didn't have the opportunities either. And we all were just kind of like, well, I guess I'll just do something with a club or you know, anything that kind of flies in front of our face. And it just bothered me. And I just thought it was just wrong. I just flat out, I was mad about it. <laughs> so I decided to do something. Do you have some, some specific, excuse me, causes that you're really excited about? Um, just personally, personally, um, I'm really, really, um, passionate about water and sanitation. Okay. Um, I think it's really important. There's actually some really cool organizations here in Ohio that are impacting the world, building better wells, um, better, building better water pumps. Um, I think that's amazing. Um, design I, outreach. Yeah. Design your, outreach. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, um, those are the things that I really care about. I also tell people, um, I care about everything. I care about literally everything. <laughs> like when it rains, I go pick up worms. Like I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I, I care too much. Uh -huh. And I think that's why point makes sense for me because I just cared about literally everything in the world and I had to do everything at one time. So this is the only way to do that. So you might appreciate this. I was at um, a community meeting not so long ago and someone in the meeting was talking and in the back of the room, this woman started to freak out and she was like, ah, 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 you know, and, and I turn around and look at her. She goes, I'm sorry, there's a bug on the ground. It's really big. It's scary. And so what do I do immediately? I pick my feet up and do crisscross applesauce in my seat. Cause I don't want a big bug crawling on me. And at one point someone in her direction is talking. So I turn to kind of give that person my attention. And out of the corner of my eye, I see the big bug. It's a centipede about the length of my pinky. Okay. And I motioned her. I'm like, there it is. And she looks at it and she jumps away and I go, I'm not afraid. I'll get it for you. So I get, I get a paper towel or a tissue. There's some tissues on this big table. I grab the tissue and I said, I'll get rid of it. She goes, don't kill it. And of course I was going to squish it. I mean, I really was because I mean, it was scary and I didn't want it crawling. They, they go fast. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So I grabbed it as gingerly as I could and I walked outside and delivered it to the mulch. And as far as I know, he's fine. It's nerves of steel. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a lot of respect for that because my initial, I, he was going to be a goner for sure. So um, you're picking up worms. You yes. care about all living things. I, 
really do. <laughs> Except for the cockroach in my apartment. I did kill that. <laughs> when did point start? What, what's the history here? So the history is a little weird and it has to do with me failing big time. I first started an organization when I was 18 years old and it was called One Life. And again, I've, I've been caring a lot for a long time. So I, I went into a lawyer's office that I knew and I started an organization prior to this that was like a giving website and you could pick any uh, country and we would give you the World Bank data on that country. You could give to that cause. And then uh, surfing the internet died when we started that and nobody really wanted to spend their time clicking around a website anymore. Shocking. <laughs> and um, it didn't go so well. And then I, I closed it. And then after that, we decided to change gears. I say we, I decided to change gears and, and start point because the giving space had been populated by Google and other, um, you know, big players that were able to kind of take care of it. And I felt like the next step was just getting people more involved in their local communities, which I didn't see happening. Mm -hmm. So we changed gears, um, Right after I graduated from college in around 2014, I came up with the, the idea and then I spent the next two years fundraising, which was miserable. It was horrible. It was the worst two years of my life. It's hard. Yeah. I was living it's in my really parents' hard. basement <laughs> and I was fundraising. I was going and toting my idea around town and I was super young and fresh out of school. I didn't have a degree in tech. My degree is on in biology. It's the wrong side of the nerd kingdom. And nobody wanted to give me money. That so was I, my next question. Like, do you have a background in tech? Because you'd think so based no, on- No, I'm a nerd, but I'm the wrong nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do an Indiegogo campaign and we tried to raise $20,000. And that was also miserable. Um, it's like, I think I was like, feel like I could have picked up quarters off the ground faster <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, convincing people to back us because, you know, the people with money were looking at me like I was crazy. I was crazy. I'll give them that. And it was better to convince my friends to give me five bucks, um, than it was to good old friend raising. Yeah. Oh, God <laughs> bless those people. I love you. I still love you. How close did you get to that $20,000? We, we met it. Really? Yeah. At first we thought we could do a hundred thousand dollars and then we quickly realized we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we rethought that. Starting a business is so humbling. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. That's, well, that's really cool. So that was in, so you, it took you two years to, did it take you two years to raise the 20,000 or? It took us, so we didn't do the Indiegogo campaign until we got desperate. So okay. it was at the end of that. Okay. Um, we were trying to fundraise money before that. It, it, that also didn't work. Um, so explain to everyone the business model then. So they understand, um, I get what you do or and what the app does, but what's the business model? How does this make money? Great question. Um, so point allows you as a person for free to download the app and go and volunteer with any of our partners in Columbus. Point has 125 partners in the city. But how we make money and how we pay Google and pay our bills is that we charge a subscription to different organizations based on the level of volunteers, employees, or students that they might have. So um, if you're a high school and you want your kids to volunteer, you can use Point to track those hours. So 
yes, on the outside point is this really cool app and we think it's very exciting, <laughs> but it's actually like a volunteer management system. It's like Eventbrite and Salesforce had a baby for nonprofits, mm-hmm. which is not so glamorous to market. Um, <laughs> like we have a CRM. Ooh, so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's cloud-based. <laughs> um, so it's not as exciting as, uh, as we want it to be. Mm-hmm. But well, that's how we make money and that's how we keep the lights on. Um, but we try to do it in the best and most affordable way for organizations to be able to manage their volunteers because we're also standing on a soapbox about that. We think that tech shouldn't cost a lot of money and a lot of the issues that we have in our local communities could be solved if we gave nonprofits better resources and we want to be a part of that solution. And we're, we're definitely on the path to make that happen. I'm, I think we do share a passion in a couple different areas. And one of them is about removing barriers for nonprofits. Yeah. Um, and we're actually getting ready to talk about some more of this with, you know, our, our, um, like through Cohatch. Yes. Do you have an office at Cohatch? We have, yeah, we, well, we like to hang out in the common space. Do you? We're which, very disruptive. Which locate <laughs> disruptive. <laughs> we like to co-work. Um, yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And, and where they keep the wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the reason why I mentioned that is because, uh, our social enterprise, you know, we're, we're a nonprofit too. We have the social enterprise. We, we have a fee for service with lots of different programs that we offer events. And then we use a percentage of those funds. Plus we get additional funding to then remove as much, if not all of the barrier of cost for smaller nonprofits who can't afford leadership development, because for the same reason, when you have a nonprofit, especially the smaller the nonprofit is, and they get a donation check, correct? they're thinking, how can I dump as much of this into programs? And in fact, the way the IRS, the the expectations on nonprofits really is you get a stamp of approval if roughly 75 to 85% of your expenses are programs. Right. And so I'm an executive director. I get a donation of $10,000. I'm thinking I've got to spend 8,000 of this on programming. That leaves 2,000 for expenses. And we all know all of the expenses of those programs are people. It's, it's uh, salaries. It's, you know, paying rent, all those kinds of things. And so the challenge for nonprofits is they have all of these, um, these requirements that they have to meet for the IRS, which are good. They're good checks and balances. So they're getting in a donation and they've got to meet those requirements and spend that money where they're supposed to. It doesn't leave a lot left over for learning and development. And yet nonprofits spend or experience the same amount of problems as the for-profit community does. And so that's why, um, that's one of the reasons why it's such a barrier for them to do good things for their organization, like an app for example, like point that can f- help them find more volunteers because cost is a barrier. I will say though, the point app is extremely affordable. Like what's the, what's the lowest uh, monthly, it's like a dollar 99 or something. Is that it's right? Nine dollars. Nine dollars. Okay. Nine dollars. So if you have, uh, if you're a nonprofit and you manage a hundred volunteers, it's nine bucks a month. And a hundred volunteers is a lot of volunteers. Yeah. It's, I mean, just like the issues like you're talking about, we understand that our community is led by local community members and we need to give them tools to do really great things or we're never going to have grassroots opportunities and we're not going to be able to mobilize people as fast and as efficiently as we should. And this is really in alignment with a lot of the, the bigger conversations and bigger vision going on in Columbus around 
and we just talked about this with the last guest, around these community-wide solutions versus siloed solutions. Absolutely. And that's our goal at point, other than to be the starting point, is to be the central point. Yeah. To make sure that everyone understands. We just ro- uh, rolled out a new feature. <laughs> She's smiling. <laughs> like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> A new feature on the app where you can go and look at what a cause, let's say animals or water. You can pick on that cause and then you can see the nonprofits around you based on that cause. Like lo- like location wise. Location, but we just pull up that list in a certain mile radius. Okay, okay. And then you can follow those nonprofits so you can easily go, I care about animals. Oh, cool. Pets without parents. Sounds great. So you, even if there's not an event posted, you have a really good understanding of who's doing good in my community for the causes that I care about and you can follow them. That's a really cool um, awareness opportunity for the nonprofits Absolutely. too. Even if they don't get a volunteer yes. necessarily. So um, I, I know you know that, but I wanted to point that <laughs> out. Um, so thinking back on this startup mode, so it's been roughly... Really? Just like, what, three years? Right. So once we got the money, we started developing. It was also horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Word to the wise folks, if you want to be an entrepreneur, a lot of it sucks. It really does. It really does. It does. Yay. Yeah. So we spent um, the, the first really two years of us developing was trying to get to a product where people started believing us, believing me, mm-hmm. um, believing that we could do something. And we took our $20,000. Um, there was dramatic things that happened. We signed with some development companies and it didn't go well at all. And we lost a lot of money. We started over several times. And during this whole process, people are like, so uh, I thought you were doing something with an app. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I am. I'm currently working on it. Um, until we found, until I found the right team members, it was really tough. Mm-hmm. Having the right people, the right partners, knowing who to trust, learning the difficult lesson, which I've had to do this before. I was just talking to Jason. I were meeting with someone earlier today that I, I brought this up about myself and I'll relate it to this. Um, people like me who show up in trust first can tend to be taken advantage of more, but also of no fault of anyone else's. This is, I would blame myself for this. I don't check things. And so I'm like, you say you're going to do something like, okay, great. Thanks. You know, not realizing that I need to verify and all that kind of stuff. And so I have made a lot of um, mistakes in my career, um, especially early on around things like that, simply because I just thought everybody had the same intentions and values as I did. And and then I would be shocked and amazed when things didn't work out. Like, wait, you said you were going to do this and you didn't do it. And right. then when they don't care that they didn't do it, right? That's always hard. Um, so looking back on the last few years, I I, I was almost going to ask you what's the most difficult leadership decision you've had to make. And you can still answer, but it sounds like you've already shared a couple of them there with There was a me. lot of difficulty. Yeah. Is there anything else you would want to share that, and I like to talk about difficulty because I think it's a lot, once you start getting success and you start getting some um, momentum going, it's even easy for the leader to forget that there was a time when it was much harder. And I, I don't think we need to relive it to beat ourselves up, but I think it's important to remind ourselves because we can help other people and say little things like, this is normal. You will get through it. It's supposed to be hard. Right. Yeah. So is there any other like really difficult leadership decision you had to make that really stands out to you? Like, wow, that was really a challenge for me. I mean, I could 
name so many, but <laughs> at this moment, talking about everything that we went to, it went through to get where we are today. Sometimes the hardest decision was to just keep on going. And there's sometimes where you just look at yourself in the mirror and say, I've come so far and I'm too deep and I can't turn back now. Um, because I had already failed with the last initiative I had, I was like, wow, I can't fail again. And I just decided that I had to keep on going. And and that comes, that was a decision that I kept on having to make every couple of months when I fell down and like completely lost money or things weren't going right, or I had to start over or developers weren't working out or just keep, just for me to just keep going mm -hmm. was a hard enough decision. Yeah. I've been there. I've been there on a daily basis before too. <laughs> yeah. Like I got up and made it through another day. Now I'm going to have to make that decision right. again tomorrow. Right. Sometimes just like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. That self-doubt can really creep in. Um, Especially again, when you're not validated. You know, we weren't getting money. People weren't believing right. in us. They thought I was crazy and I didn't have a product to show. So when you don't have anything to show, even when you look at the mirror, you're like, what are you doing? So you got awarded some dollars at the sea change event, correct? Correct. So, so how good did that feel? It was great. What was the amount? <laughs> did you guys get 15K that um, night? Somewhere around a little under 40K. Oh, that's right. Because it came from different um, sources that night. I forgot about that. Right. So um, prior to the sea change funding, we had um, approached the Columbus Foundation to back us. And I cannot believe, I can, because I knew we were producing something great, but most of the time those conversations had went south. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, specifically, uh, Emily Savers at the Columbus Foundation. She's said, amazing. Yeah, she's the woman. <laughs> um, she looked at us and she said, yes, I, I see what you're doing. I see the validity. And of course we had so much, you know, paperwork and documentation to back that up. But she said, yeah, I absolutely believe in what you're doing. And, that, and at that time, we started to get offers from other places outside of Ohio saying, hey, what you're doing is pretty cool. And I really wanted someone in Ohio to believe in us. Mm -hmm. I wanted, um, there's something in me that just believes that somewhere from any, someone from anywhere can do something. And, you know, I'm this little mixed girl from Columbus, <laughs> Ohio, making an app. It's not a normal thing. Um, and I, and I wanted it to be Ohio and I wanted it to be Columbus and I didn't want to get Bay area money, um, to really take that first step. I really yeah. wanted it to be local. Side note, we are so lucky that the Columbus foundation, we get to live in a community with that particular foundation. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not brown nosing. I, I really, really mean <laughs> this. Like they really care about social enterprise. They care about the little guys. It's not just about, I mean, obviously there's a lot of organizations that get big, big dollars that, that go through that foundation right. that they manage. Um, but there are people at the foundation that care about the startups and care about the social good efforts of, of the smaller. And, and they do their homework. Yeah. Which is even better. Yeah. They're, they're not, still very data driven, right? Yep. You've got to, you got to prove that what you're doing works. Um, but they even support us in that, you know, um, and teaching us how to do that. And so um, I feel really, really fortunate that we get to be in a community with them. If you had to name two of your leadership values 
and you can take a second and pause and then Jonathan will take the pause out <laughs> and make it sound like you just knew. Um, but what <laughs> practices are values. If you, um, values. values, but then the second half of that is how do you live those out? How do you demonstrate those to others? Oh boy. <laughs> I think the values that I care about as a leader are community. I don't think that anyone leads well alone. Um, and I think that reflects in some of the things that I do as a boss. Um, I would also say transparency because I think that sometimes I've actually been too transparent (laughs) (laughs) and I've had to dial back and learn what transparency means as a leader and what level of transparency is appropriate as a leader leader. And other times that's a balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Transparent isn't actually being completely see-through. It's knowing when to share the right information Um, and just being honest in conversation, I think, Um, which is sometimes, you know, when we were in the tough times, people are like, you're being too transparent. Like, like I can't handle that much truth. Yeah. 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 I can't handle the truth. Just sugarcoat it for me. So at at times I I do value transparency, which has sometimes gotten me some bad feedback, but you know, now I think that I I know when to share, you know, the real, the real deal, the tea when I need to. I love it. Share the tea. Um, I do know that saying, all of you young kids, I know what that means. So no more making fun of me because of my Adam Ant song, Goody Two Shoes. Um, Do you have any leadership heroes, any people that you look up to? Another way I think about this, is there anyone who mentors you from afar and they don't know it? I'm a chronic Instagram stalker of some CEOs. Oh, nice. I feel weird about that. You don't have to name it it out loud. Well, I I watch um, Ty Haney um, on Instagram. She's the CEO of Outdoor Voices. Uh And I think, of course, you don't know her leadership style, but it seems like the activities they do in the office are just so pointed at making community and keeping their their relationships at the office on brand as well. Um, they have these funny workout times in the classes. She does recreational, uh, recreational apparel and they do like workout classes in the middle of work. And I'm like, <laughs> that makes so much sense. And it just inspires me to keep the vein of whatever we're doing in our time as a staff too. Yeah. If we're always telling people go volunteer, but we ourselves are never doing anything together or we're not encouraging each other, our environment can't be toxic. By definition of what we're doing, it cannot be. It's not. It's very far from it. My staff is great. Um, And we have a great relationship where we can all just laugh and have fun. And I get bullied because they send me like gifts of crazy things all day if I'm like... (laughs) talking out of my head, but it's, it's good. <laughs> so what you just described is one of my favorite things about your generation. And that is this, and I'll describe it because I'm in a different generation as you. I'm a Gen Xer. I'm the old lady. And so I think we all want the same thing. I think, I think boomers, Xers, millennials, now what is it, Gen Z? I think we all want the same thing. I think one of the biggest differences is the commitment to getting it. So for example, I wanted all of those things when I was your age, 
but I was too afraid to speak up because it was more important to me at work to get the paycheck and get the raise and get the promotion and blah, 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 blah. I've shed all that now. Um, your generation, of course, I know these are broad generalities. Okay. So I, I mean it. Thanks for not putting us in a box. No, it's, you're not, you're not very, I don't feel that way at all. Like I truly view your, every generation for the gifts that they are. I really feel that way. However, I do believe something very different about your generation is the, and I mean this in a positive way, the demand that if I go to work for a company, so you're not a boss anymore, you don't own a company anymore, you're going to go work somewhere. I doubt you would do this. You'd be very unhappy, I have a feeling. But you go work somewhere, you're not going to be there very long if what they say, if what's on the wall when you walk in for that interview as their values is also not lived out by your boss and not felt by you every day at work. Absolutely. We were in a place where uh, at our old office and where we still uh, have our mailing address in some of our meetings, uh, that company actually just grew exponentially. So we uh, abandoned our seats. But (laughs) at the office, we always used to have a kitchenette where we shared dishes and they were going to replace it for like plastic cups and plates. And there was a revolt. (laughs) (laughs) The environment. Yeah. Everyone was like, we cannot, um, which was great. And there, there was that demand of like, we cannot as a company do this. It's very bothersome to a lot of people in this office Mm -hmm. and it hurts our morale. It hurts a lot of things if we start using this. And the administration was like, Oh, wait, 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 just kidding. That was a bad idea. And, and, you know, they listened and had that feedback, but yeah, there was a demand and it was by several, several people. And what I love about that is I think little by little over time, what was a complaint from older generations about younger generations has actually created culture shifts slowly, but surely in organizations where they realize, wait a second, if I want this 30 year old to work for me longer than 18 months, I'm going to need to actually live out these values or find a way to really get it into our culture in a way that's real and authentic, not just talk about something nice. And then we go in on about our day being jerks to one another. And that's why volunteering as a company is important. That's right. (laughs) There might be an app where they can find opportunities. I don't know if you've heard of one. They could maybe download point. Maybe. I think it's a good idea, actually. Um, so, um, so by the way, I stalk Jenny Britton Bauer on Instagram. Okay. So I, I adore her. Here's why I adore her. Number one, I think she's a fantastic leader. When I think about- I so love her style. I do too. I'm like, I wish I had the book. I once said to my board, I wish I had, because I told them this. I said, any of you who know her, I actually, one of my board members lives like down the street from her. I said, don't you ever tell her I said this. Um that I stalk her on Instagram, but I said, I wish I had the boldness and the confidence to have pink hair. I mean, like, could you imagine, like I'd first have to go like bleach blonde. She does like pink and it's like a, have, do you know who Jenny is? Jenny's ice cream, Jenny Brittenbauer. And it's like this, this feathery thing up front. Oh yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's so her, it's, right. um, it's almost on the verge of iconic. Right. Right. I'd wear an orange suit if I could, if I could find she one, wear, I'm going to yeah. wear one. And she'll, she wears like, um, what do you call that when it's all one? It's a jumpsuit. Oh, jump yeah. And, and there'll be like a she green one or a pink one or, or rompers. rompers. Yeah. But Why it's, you know that? it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Why do you know that? So, um, but she pulls it off. So it's not just her style though. It's her boldness, it's her confidence, and 
It's her commitment. My term is servant leadership. She may not use that term, but it's their focus on their employees because they believe their employers are what make happy customers. And so I like to listen to the things that she says on her stories and on all of her social channels because I feel like she is building a brand has built a brand around a personality that's all, it's all like integrated. Whereas my generation, again, generality, this is not me, but how I was brought up is you have your work reputation. Mm, You have your personal life. You have, if you're a person of the faith community, you have your faith right reputation or your, the way you show up in that community, the way you are like all these things in your life are siloed. I feel like the younger generations, we'll just put it that way, are, now I didn't like that, but I wasn't bold enough to, to demand it and, and really implement it into my life until I hit my forties. And so I love, like, like my kids are 20, 21 and 23. I'm shocked right now. And all of them, no, seriously, they're all like this. They're already talking like this. And I'm like, guys, I wish I thought like this when I was your age. Like they're all, of course they joke with me. They go, mom, you got to get woke. You know, I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to be woke. woke. Tell me if I'm not woke because I, I totally want to be woke. I'm woking so hard. Um, cause I do love people and I, and I want to connect and, you know, but sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Right. And so I always learn when I hear things like this, because like I wrote down something you said, um, this idea of, of really representing the brand reputation inside the office, right? Inside the office. Sometimes you forget, but your employees, it's the most important, Mm -hmm. you know, brand reputation you have. It's your culture. Yeah. We, we talk too much maybe about our brand reputation out here. If we take care of it inside, I almost wonder if it's going to radiate. Right. Right. It's it's going to take care of itself. So, um, what's on the horizon for point? Got some cool things coming out. Can you share anything? We can. Um, so we have launched a school platform. <gasps> I know. Shut the front door. I'm not Okay, so tell me yet. more about that. So we, we just rolled out at Westerville North yesterday morning, um, and we have seven schools on the docket, which brings, you know, every school's like a thousand kids or so. Um, I say kids, high schoolers, young adults. I don't know what they are. And <laughs> Adolescents, they, that covers the whole thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they can use point to get their um, service hours for the service learning credits. Um, so we're rolling that out this month, which we're really excited about. We know that that can bring a lot of attention to local nonprofits. And then we also have a small business platform coming out in the month, next month. So the reason because for that is because we understand that small businesses don't always have the opportunity to go volunteer as a group. Some of those platforms, if you want to volunteer, it costs, thousands of dollars to either administrate it internally or hire someone to come in and do it. We won't say (laughs) how they do that and how expensive it is through other organizations. But it's, it's, uh, it's very, uh, it's really exciting that we can offer it because we're, you know, mobile and cloud-based and they can get on the platform even if they have nine employees. So we're excited to be able to get our local companies and schools and nonprofits onto one central point. That is so cool. I love that because especially small businesses, right? They have just as much of a desire to do good. And yet just like the small, they don't have the access or the capacity really to coordinate something like that. Right. And if you have 
50 employees and those 50 employees are given eight hours to volunteer. That's 400 hours. And then if you're looking at the economic impact of that, that's around $10,000 that's being pumped into the community worth of time. Yeah. That's amazing. If you're able to sign on a bunch of small companies, you're able to bring, you know, you're looking at that for return on investment into the community. Every time you do that, it's $10,000 in this community, $10,000 into the community. And that is everything that I want for our city and for, you know, the people that are just grinding, doing really amazing things. Is there a reporting function of point for that? Let's just use a small employer where they can then turn around to their shareholders, to their customers and say, look what we did. And it's automatic. Oh, interesting. I actually did not know that. I wasn't throwing you a softball. (laughs) I thought that that was an easy one. I didn't even know that. So, (laughs) yep. So we have reporting tools that we are able to capture the impact of a school or organization, whatever that organization is. And we can report their hours, the economic impact, where they volunteered and just track that. And so they can easily report it in one click. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's a huge ROI. Huge. For a comp- yeah. Anytime you tell me you can figure out data for me, because I hate data. Yeah. You don't have time to get out Excel up. and crunch numbers. I don't need to do no math. <laughs> I'm terrible at it anyway. Um, so before we end, I want to make sure we let our listeners know, how do we get connected with Point, whether it be as a volunteer, a business, what have you, how can they get connected with you or with Point? Thanks for asking. If you are a person and you want to download Point and get on Point, you can go to pointapp.org and we have different links for Android or Apple, or you can search volunteer on the app store and you'll find us for orange. Okay. And if you are an organization, you can go to our website. If you're a charity, go to pointapp.org slash charity and sign up. It's a really easy process and you're basically off to the races and we'll verify your EAN and make sure you're a real charity and not some creepy person. And that's good. Yeah, we do have security. If you're interested in becoming a business on point or a school on point or another organization, it doesn't matter what you are on point, then you can also hit the contact button because it's not released yet. So you're kind of early. Okay. So if you're one of those other categories that's new, they need yep. to contact. Yeah. But if okay. you're listening to this after September, then <laughs> just check our website. Yeah. <laughs> Which might be the case. I have to look at the calendar. Uh, I can't see very far, but okay. Awesome. Madison, thank you. Can you delete that? I was just being goofy. Oh man, come on. (laughs) So anyway, thank you for being here. I've had a whole lot of fun talking to you. I know we're going to get a chance to talk again in the next week or so about doing some more stuff together between our organizations. Um, It's been a pleasure. I look forward to getting to know you even better and uh, seeing more from Point and what you guys can really, I really think it's going to just explode from here. So congratulations and we wish you all the best moving forward. Thank you. Thanks for being on Point. Thanks.